Welcome to the Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Podcast. This is the place to be to hear all the latest news and information about the world's finest outdoor ministry network. And now, as always, here's your host, the Executive Director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, Mr. Don Johnson. Hello, everybody, and we're so glad that you're tuning in to the LOM podcast for today. And this is our second podcast with Jake Sorensen. And uh, I tell you, they never get old. And we're really glad that Jake agreed to come back with us. And here's the thing. Jake is the founder of the organization known as Sacred Playgrounds. And Jake is the face of Sacred Playgrounds. They've been doing some really interesting research work lately. It's just amazing what Jake Sorensen is doing for us. And I also want to just toss this in too, that we are very, very fortunate in LOM to have Jake Sorensen is a member of our board of directors at LOM. And uh, of course, his roots are in ELCA and Jake's, uh, I I would uh, like to hope, I would like to assume that uh, Jake's heartthrob is with us in LOM. So Jake, thank you very much for being with us today. We're so glad that you're with us and um, you are probably a much renewed person because you've had a recent stint in New England. And what's a better way to heighten one's enthusiasm than to take a trip and see where it all started, the hub of the universe, Boston, Massachusetts. Jake, I can almost feel your presence being so close to us in New Hampshire. Did you get to see the Boston Red Sox when you were there? You know, we weren't able to do that. You know, I was out there visiting my my brother and his family. We hadn't seen them since before COVID. And so it had been about a year and a half, which was really hard. So we, we made sure we got to get out there. He's got uh, little girls, eight, eight-year-old girls that aren't vaccinated. And so, you know, we, we made sure that we could at least go out and visit them. And, and we had a nice visit. And yes, we made it up to Boston for a day. And nice. I had never been. So I got we got the historical tour. We had a tour guide who was in, you know, colonial garb and that was fun we got to see a, a few of the sites not of course not all of the sites and we we did not get to a boston red sox game oh, and, no you know i'm sorry to have to bring that news to you but oh it was God. a good trip next time you come to boston uh let me know and i'll be your tour guide i'll be your hysterical guide <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i'm sure I'm sure of that specific thing. So, um, yeah, it's 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 so nice to be back and uh, to to be joining again for this podcast. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited to you know dig into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Last time you did a podcast, we we had you do a podcast that really focused on your camp to congregation project, and that was such a good project. Uh, such good research that you did on, uh, you know, base, uh, focusing on uh, traveling day camps that our camps do, most of which is done in uh, in partnership with congregations. And um, we really focused on that at that time. But Jake, uh, briefly, before we get into the substance of this podcast, 
since that podcast and uh, anything that you have been thinking about in terms of day camps, any insights you have had since then that you might want to share with us at this time? You know, it's amazing. You know, that that was we were coming to the end of the research project and we did that podcast. And so we actually were able to bring the data together in some better forms. And this COVID-19 thing has happened. And so the 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 cool thing about this, and I think the timeliness of the research from the Camp to Congregation project is that now is such a great time to be rethinking traveling day camp. Most of our camps have not been able to do traveling day camp for the past two summers. And a lot of our folks are saying, is this worth it? Should we try to keep doing it? Should we try to do it a little differently? It's a perfect time to be rethinking what traveling day camp is and how we do it. And the Camp to Congregation project and the, the, the data, the research, the reports that we have on that can really help people in that. Um, I definitely want to encourage people to go to the, the website, campcongregation.com. There are a lot of resources there to help think through what day camp might be and how it might look different. You know, one of the things is in the, in the, in the Lutheran church, we're, we're the inventors of, of traveling day camp in a very real sense. Other um, denominations have picked up the idea and have started doing it. Um, but it really originated with uh, Lutheran Outdoor Ministries in the late 1970s and through the 1980s. And uh, it started off in Oregon when uh, Jerry Olstead was out there, and they started just figuring out how to bring to the community. That was the desire there. Rod Boriak was out there as program director at the time. And they essentially loaded a, some, some camp staff in a van and whatever they could fit in there, and they sent them out to congregations. And that was a great model at the time. And over time, we've developed our sites. We've done so many great things in our on-site camping. And traveling day camp in a lot of our uh, ministries looks very similar to the stuff what you can in a van and send them out to a congregation approach. And there are some insights that we get from the Camp to Congregation Project that says, you know, maybe it's time to start thinking outside the van a little bit, um, so to speak. There's some, there's some great research about what traveling day camp is and what it does. So some of the impacts of traveling day camp, you know, we've got some questioning, is this really worth it? And the findings of the research are, yes, if you do it well, it is definitely worth it. It is an important ministry in its own right, not just as a, a sideshow to the on-site program, um, but it, as, a, as an important ministry, a standalone ministry. And so um, that's something important to think about and consider. And uh, we have some models to consider as well, because we didn't just look at Lutheran sites. We also looked at uh, another model of traveling day camp in which it's it's much more elaborate. There's many more staff. Um, they send out big apparatus and things like that. And the the best model might be somewhere in between. And so it's a it's a way to challenge our approach and to really rethink it. And you know when we first were bringing out the 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 findings from this project, it was sort of like, gosh, are people going to be able to redo things at this time? But now in this post COVID world. I think the time really is right to say, do we want to keep going with traveling day camp? And for, for me, I say, yes, it is an important ministry. If the camp can focus on it and, and do it right, absolutely. This is an essential ministry to be doing. And then how? How might we do it? We don't have to just go back to the same way we were doing it. And because we have these two years of transition, it's a time where we can say, post-COVID, this is how we are going to do traveling day camp now and revamp the ministry completely. Um, so I, I look at it as, a, as an opportunity. And 
I'm hoping that this fall, we can really engage some people in some conversation about what traveling day camp might look like. I'm available and I would love to talk to uh, directors, program directors, and folks individually uh, about what it might look like at their site um, and what are some of the ideas and, and how might, um, if, if, if they've got a, a program that hasn't been going for a long time, how might they revamp it and rethink it and, and, and get it going? I, I really think the time is now. Jake, thank you for that. And it's interesting because um, you're hitting a theme there that is being hit in our upcoming uh, newsletter for LOM in the September 1st uh, newsletter, where we've invited uh, LOM legend Ralph Yernberg to share some of his reflections based on his experience and expertise that might be helpful for camps as they begin emerging from the pandemic. And um, a big theme that he is striking, which I totally agree with and you are resonating with, is for camps to take a look at what they've experienced, what they've learned during these past two difficult years, and to focus on mission and uh, ask the question, is this mission still relevant for our ministry? And if so, what have we learned that can help us be relevant and effective in the days going ahead? And I know that's the core of the, all the research that, that you're doing with Sacred Playgrounds. And that's why we all feel that what you're work, we, we all value and treasure the work that you're doing. And are grateful for that. And now you've been, um, wow, you've been busy, man. You've been, uh, you've been pumping out all kinds of stuff. That you is, know, I've been sitting at home in my basement. I haven't been able to go out traveling to camp and doing the things that I love. So I've got to, I got to take up my time somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd, I'd rather be out just like you. I hear you, man. I, I had my first visit in over 18 months to a camp this past week to Crossroads Camp in New Jersey. And it oh, one so of my favorites. I, got, I had the chance to work there back in the day. What uh, a wonderful place to be. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was able to get up to some of the camps that I love too. So, And it was such a beautiful place to be in among all the, the forest and the trees there and a shady, breezy day in the midst of a heat wave. How can you go wrong? Uh, I have a good experience for that, I'll tell you. Hey, but in any event, am I accurate in saying that you have completed the church and camp leadership project, or is that still a work in progress? So that is something that's ongoing, and that's an exciting one. And some of our LOM friends might remember that, I mean, it's been two, at least two years ago that I announced at the our LOM gathering that this project would be going to happen. And because of COVID, it has been delayed uh, a couple of times. And so we have been in the midst of this project and it's it's uh, basically extended the timeline for this project. And so we are currently in the, the, the last research gathering phase of it. And it's a really exciting one because now we're actually looking at the summer staff members and the current cohort of summer staff members. So right now we have more than 50 of our LOM sites that are participating in this research by administering the survey to their summer staff members. So some of them have just taken it this past weekend, and some of them will take it this coming weekend, kind of the end of summer version of that. So that's an exciting one. We're, we're, we're finishing gathering on that. But 
some of the previous stuff we have completed, and we've got some really exciting findings from that. For those who really want to dig in to the findings from that research project, is, is that essentially available to anyone who's interested in it? Do they go to your website and pull that off That's of right. your website? That's right. One of the things that I love the most is being able to do some of this stuff free of charge for our, our, uh, our camps. Um, and that goes for all of our camps, not just the Lutheran camps, but, but camps in other denominations as well. And so we're able to do that because of grant funding. And yeah. so this particular project was funded by our own ELCA. It was the, um, the campaign, the ELCA campaign, and it was a youth and young adult leadership grant. And so we proposed the project, our team did, and we're accepted. And so we're able to do this project and offer it to the church, essentially free. And so that's, that's one of the, the great things of this. So, so people can go to the website, sacredplaygrounds.com. And that's, that's kind of the main site. And, and from there, they can get a portal to the Effective Camp Project, which was another one of these yeah, that, that we've been, yeah. that's ongoing. Um, the Camp to Congregation Project that we just talked about on day camp and the Camp and Church Leadership Project, along with some of the other ones, the Confirmation Project and other ones that we've done in the past. But um, these, those three are the ones that are kind of current and um, ongoing. And so they can, they can get right to those project pages and dig, th- dig into some of the findings. In so much of the research that you've been doing, Jake, which is academically sound research, what you've been doing is you, you've been affirming what so many of us who are in outdoor ministry, in leadership positions, so many of us uh, feel is the way. You know, we, we well, we know we know certain things about camp, certain very positive things about camp, but it's a subjective thing. And um, what you're doing is you're uh, giving us some objective data to work with. So when you think about uh, the church and camp leadership project, I know, I know that, I, I mean, you could go on and on about all kinds of findings, but what stands out in your mind as being the really important stuff just stands out in your mind as being uh, affirming and confirming uh, yes. what we know and sense about our outdoor ministries. You know, it, you're absolutely right that research does that. It confirms what we already know, and it also challenges us in different ways. And that's the exciting things. We, 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 we find some things that are maybe unexpected, but we find some things that we feel and we think are correct, but we're not quite sure, or, we, or the way we articulate them are through stories. Um, and, and some of these things give us the data to, to come before church leaders and other constituents and say, Here are, here's some actual data more than just the stories that I have. Let me tell you this specific story, and here, here are some, some of the data points. With the Camp and Church Leadership Project, um, what we're really looking at is the impact of working on summer camp staff to call and leadership in the church. Not just call to rostered ministry, but to call, call to all sorts of types of ministry and involvement and discipleship in the church. And so in the first phase, we did a bunch of interviews of former camp staff as they looked back on their camp staff experience. Some of them were pastors, some of them were youth ministers, some of them were lay members of churches, and kind of tried to investigate what's going on with camp and leadership, specifically in the church. 
And so to directly answer your question, what's the most exciting finding is that camp really does have a tremendous impact on leadership development, specifically Christian leadership development. Now, of course, we all know this, right? Because we have former camp staff that we know and love and that we've kept in touch with that, you know, are now serving in the church. And so to be able to do this on more than just a camp to camp scale uh, is really important to kind of see what is the impact on the church as a whole. And so that's one of the things that we were looking at in what was what became phase two of the study is we did a survey of all of the rostered leaders in the ELCA. Now there are over, over 10,000, over 12,000 rostered ministers in the ELCA. And we got responses from more than 3,000 of them from all 65 synods. Every synod was well represented um, from all demographics, um, from retired uh, clergy to uh, clergy members or, or rostered ministers, deacons that have been uh, consecrated or ordained for only a, a year or two. And so we have this huge data set. And what we were looking at specifically was the role of camp. The interesting thing was we didn't want to just look at camp in isolation because one, we know it doesn't exist in isolation, but, but two, in, the, in our interviews, it became clear that the experience of working at camp was coming alongside personal experiences, was coming alongside um, other church experiences and other, other things that they had and relationships they had in their lives in a very complex matrix of, of variables, so to speak. Um, and so it, 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 you can't just say, oh, working at camp therefore leads to leadership in the church. It was all of these other things. And so camp is really intertwined with all of these other ministries. And so when we, when we did this survey of all of the rostered ministers, we asked them about camp. Did they attend camp? Did they work at camp? And how did those experiences fit in with their call and their faith formation? But we also asked about all of these other ministries that came up in the interviews, things like Sunday school, VBS, youth group, uh, the youth gathering, mission trips, young adult ministries like campus ministry, all these different things we, became factors that we looked at in this survey. And one of the really exciting things from our Christian camping perspective is that camp really rose to the top as incredibly impactful. And so we, we can't look at it in isolation. We can't, this isn't something that we as camp directors should now go out and say, see, camp is the best ministry in the, in the ELCA or camp is the best ministry in the church. But rather, camp is an essential piece of the cult of, of cultivating faith formation of this larger ecology of faith formation and call to ministry in the church. And without camp, it would be almost inconceivable to even uh, imagine the church these days. Like you, you can't imagine what the church would be like if we didn't have camp because it's so intertwined in the other ministries. Now there are other ministries like that as well. And so in the project, we tried to look at what are some of these ministries and there were really four different ministries that rose to the top in terms of independently important, specifically important for faith formation and call to ministry. And those were Sunday school, camp, campus ministry, and the gathering. And it was really interesting to see all of these different ministries and these ministries that, that, that work together and are really intertwined that lead to uh, deeper faith formation, but also call to ministry. And so camp rose to the top um, in, in, a, in a specific way. And that is 
those who worked at camp were the most likely to say this ministry is incredibly important or essential for my call to ordination. So it was about three quarters of the roster ministers who had worked at camp at some point said that uh, camp was very or extremely important in my call to ministry. And that was higher than any of the other ministries that we looked at, um, with the only exception being YAGM, uh, Young Adults in Global Mission, which is a, it influences far fewer people. You know, there were, there were maybe a few dozen that had where there were, you know, well over a thousand that had worked at summer camp. And so it's a, it's a really, really impactful ministry in that way. We could look at the camper experience as well. And the camper experience definitely had an impact specifically on faith formation, but also on call to ministry. Um, but when we look at the, the summer staff experience, the experience of working on camp staff, um, basically nothing compared to the, the impact of that specific experience. Um, and, it, you know, it stands to reason, right? It's a, it's a very intense and intentional experience of faith formation. You know, over the course of 8, 10, 12 weeks, uh, these young people are immersed in a Christian community and they are um, developed as leaders. And um, what we're doing now with the, the follow-up part of the project where we're looking at the summer staff specifically is seeing some of those specific metrics that they grow in over the course of the summer. And, and of course, leadership is one of those that we're measuring. So lots of exciting stuff. Lots of exciting stuff. Uh, Jake, it's interesting to me that in the four you mentioned, it's not surprising that youth gathering is a huge influencer in terms of leadership development. You said youth gathering as opposed to youth ministry. And, Correct. Um, and uh, it's surprising to me because youth ministry is such an ongoing thing. And youth gathering is... Uh, you know, just uh, once every three years, specific three or four, five day period of time. Any insights on that? Uh, yeah, that's something that we're 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 kind of uh, you know we're talking about and trying to dig into a little more um, because it really is interesting that that specific experience would would rise up in the way that it did, where something like youth group attendance, like more frequent youth group attendance, did not. Yeah. Um, or something like attending a mission trip did not, you know, so yeah. camp and the youth gathering did in, right. in, uh, in, in, in interesting ways. And the youth gathering had, uh, uh, an effect that was, that was different in some ways than what we, what we found in certainly working at camp. Um, but it did rise to the top. And that's something that I, I think about the intensity of that experience. And I think about the specificity of that experience of seeing physically seeing and experiencing the breadth of the church where some of these young people might have an idea or a vision of the church confined to their own congregation. Uh, the youth gathering is one of a very few experiences where they really get to see the expansiveness mm -hmm. of what the church is and what it can be. And imagine myself wanting to be a part of that. And so in some ways it stands to reason that an experience of that would be influential on call to ministry and not just, Oh, my faith is important to me, but I want to be part of this church. And I can imagine myself, you know, being involved mm -hmm. with serving this church and uh, becoming, you know, a, a pastor or a deacon. For LOM itself as the association of ELCA camps, 
I'm thinking um, we've been really intentional the last few years in continuing to strengthen our partnership with the Youth Gathering, continuing to strengthen our partnership with LUMEN, the Association of um, of Campus Ministers. I think that um, we need to direct some intentionality towards the fact that Sunday school is such an influencer and to uh, be more, I mean, we've done some stuff um, with the um, Christian education people at ELCA churchwide and that type of thing. But that, that's um, something that, that I think can use some more exploration in terms of how, how we can strengthen what we do together. And I love that insight, Don. And I think that is maybe the largest and most important takeaway from this project is how much we need each other. And, you know, too often I hear, you know, ministries pitted against one another as if, if we focus on this ministry, it's going to take away from this ministry rather than if we build up this ministry, it will also build up our ministry. So think of something, something like the youth gathering, which, you know, has been has been a bit controversial among some of our uh, constituents in LOM because there is a clear um, and obvious dip in um, camp attendance across the country in the year of the youth gathering. And so we think of that as the youth gathering taking away from camp attendance. And I wonder, after I did this project and I started to think about it more and, and about my own personal experience in which the youth gathering fit in with my call, which led me back to camp and led me to work at camp, I wonder if we're, we're, we're maybe looking at it in the negative way when we could also look at it in the positive way where the youth gathering, it doesn't necessarily take away from camp every third year, but it contributes to the attendance of camp in those other two years. And that might be an interesting way to look at it, that, that we build each other up. Because we're building leaders in camping ministry, um, in both the campers and the summer staff members, we're building up a ministry like The Gathering. We're building up the clergy and the, the deacons in the ELCA. And the impact of The Gathering brings about more involvement in youth group, more uh, feelings of, of connection to the church that lead more people to camping ministries, which in turn feed back into the church as well. And so the, 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 the interconnectedness of these ministries, I think, is incredibly clear in this project. And seeing the specific ministries that rise to the top, I think this is a way for us as Lutheran Outdoor Ministry leaders to advocate to the church and say, these ministries really need attention they need funding and they need to be promoted as incredibly important. You know, we've got, you know, Sunday school again, like that's, you mentioned that that is the most common denominator for all of the, the, the rostered ministers in the ELCA, the one that the most people have participated in. Well, it, it makes sense. Right. But what was interesting was a higher percentage of rostered ministers view their Sunday school experience as critically important for their faith formation and call to ministry than those who participated in youth group view, view youth group that way. That's really amazing when we think about it, you know, that that ministry is critically important and it fits so well with what we do at camp. 
you know, bringing people from the Sunday school, the, 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 the youth experience in the congregations to camp and feeding back into those children and youth ministries, that is a codependent relationship, you know, in a positive sense. Yeah. I think the need for working together and for intertwining our ministries is uh, certainly confirmed by the research results. So let me ask you this, Jake, in the work you've done so far with Church and Camp Leadership Project, have there been surprises? Yes. And I think what we were talking about is, is are some of those, you know, yeah. something like Sunday school rising to the top. I, yeah. I did yeah. not anticipate that being, right. you know, as a former youth minister, I did not anticipate Sunday school coming out as more important to faith formation and call to ministry than youth group. Right. I did not anticipate the gathering, you know, showing up like this as, yeah. as, as important. And, you know, it's important in, in some ways in a tangential way, but it's also, it really needs to be investigated further and say, what's going on in this experience um, that is so crucial to, um, to call to ministry. Um, and so those were some of the surprises uh, that we found. The other thing that I would highlight that I, I don't necessarily know is a surprise, but looking at how clergy members feel about camp and camping ministries, we, we've all met the camp skeptics who, you know, don't think camp is worthwhile, think maybe camp should be closed down. Um, and then we've got our camp enthusiasts. We know we know that they exist and they're the ones that are always there. And sometimes they're, they're there more than we want them to be, you know, but they're, they're the, the constant supporters um, and they, they want the best for camp, but really being able to quantify that for the first time is something that we've done in this project. And that is exciting to see these numbers. And so using various metrics of, you know, do they give to camp? Do they show up? Have they, have they been to camp before? How often do they come? Do they, do they consider camp, as an important ministry uh, for the church, or is it something that they think can just be closed down or isn't important? So we use those metrics and we put them together and we come up with a, with a little bit of a, a typology of these clergy members. So one, we have camp enthusiasts and that's about 40%. So 39% of the respondents to this survey are what we would consider camp enthusiasts, the ones that are excited about camp and they will, they will go to bat for us. In the middle, we have something that I call camp accommodators, and that's 43%. And these are the folks that say, yeah, camp is nice. I think camp is a good ministry. They, they probably don't give. Um, they might show up, but they probably don't show up frequently. They're not, they're not like the ones that go out of their way to support camp, but they are potential camp enthusiasts. They're ones that, you know, they're not necessarily on the fence. You know, they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, camp is important. Um, they'll agree with you on that. Um, but they're ones that we can really get on board. And then the other group would be kind of the true skeptics, the ones that are either totally dismissive or just like, yeah, whatever about camp. And that's 18%. So it's a, it's a sizable number, but it is less than half the proportion of those who are camp enthusiasts. So that's something that we have in the ELCA that we should be very thankful for. You know, sometimes we wonder, do we have a, uh, how do how do the, how does a larger clergy really feel about camp? And sometimes it feels like the skeptics are overwhelming us, but that's not the case in the ELCA. We have wide, broad support uh, for camping ministries at all levels of leadership, and that's something that we should feel truly thankful for, and something that we should uh, continue to capitalize on. 
you know, that, that, uh, that we're seen as important. And that owes to, you know, frankly, people like you um, that have been doing this for many years and have been cultivating this relationship with church leadership at, at churchwide, at the synod level, at our seminaries, um, with pastors at the local level and in your ministry at Calumet. I mean, those of us who are, who are younger leaders in camping ministry, we don't always realize the gift that we have been given by our leaders like you, Don. And so I, I mean, at this point, as I say, thank you um, to you and to, <laughs> to your colleagues that have, that have really cultivated this leadership. And I think, I think what's important is that we don't squander this, that some of our younger leaders recognize the role that camp has in the ELCA as not, not quite unique, but in many ways, way more positive than those of our colleagues in other camping ministries, um, some of our partnership camping ministries. Um, that's something that's a gift that we have that we should continue to cultivate this partnership with congregations, this partnership with the church. And I hope that we continue to move in that direction because that is so important for our ministries. Jake, one of the things that I have found in the um, ELCA churchwide structure, in the, the new structure, is with the, the people, the staff in the Christian community and leadership home area, headed up by Phil Hirsch, who is a member of our board of directors in LOM, but mm-hmm. throughout the whole staff, and particularly in, in what it was formerly the faith formation team now called the Christian Community and Leadership Ministry, there is a huge amount of respect for outdoor ministry Uh, among the vast majority of those churchwide staff people. No surprise in the findings that your research has been revealing. But let me ask you this. For a camp director, on their own turf in the synod or in their association of congregations, they're going to probably get pretty much the same percentage of uh, rostered leaders from the enthusiasts to the, what's the middle one? Accommodators. The accommodators and then the skeptics. Is it worth their while, in your opinion, to be trying to win over the skeptics, but to put any kind of significant uh, energy, time, uh, financial resources in winning over the skeptics? You know, the, the conventional wisdom among consultants would say, no, that these are the folks that are not, you're not going to win over with your effort. You know, the, the, the way that those folks get won over is through personal relationship with others who might bring them around or through, you know, a serendipitous, you know, Holy Spirit type of moment that you on your own are not going to provide. (laughs) And so that's kind of the conventional wisdom. Um, But the other thing is to know that they're not the majority. They're not going to shout down the camp enthusiasts. I would not be spending my time trying to win over the skeptics. I would be working with my enthusiasts and I would be working with my enthusiasts to engage my accommodators. That's, that's what I would do as a director is try to identify who these folks are and you don't necessarily need to label them. I don't know that labeling is helpful, but you know, a a director will, will, will decide what's going to be, um, what's going to be beneficial in their circumstances, but identify, most of us have identified our enthusiasts and make sure that we help those folks have a great experience 
and keep talking up camp because they are going out to these clergy conferences. They're going out to their text studies. And the more they bring up camp, they're going to be bringing it up around people who are accommodators and skeptics. And that is how people start to be brought around to the reality of the importance of this ministry. We know that these ministries are important. We know that from our heart of hearts, and we know that through experience, and now we know it through research and data, right? What we can do with this research, and essentially the entire ministry of Sacred Playgrounds is about this, is to arm you as camp directors to go out and show others how important our ministry is in a new way with tools that we've never had before. That's that's the whole reason that we exist at Sacred Playgrounds um, is to is to empower these ministries. You know, yes, we're working on program development and how can how can individual camps be better? And but on a larger a larger perspective, it's to uh, promote the importance of camping ministry at its best and to help our directors work with the enthusiasts to win over the accommodators. And you know, and again, in direct answer to your question, are the skeptics? worth all the time and attention. Um, they're the ones who are going to be critical. They're the ones that are going to put you down. They're the ones that are going to write that angry email. And sometimes we have to let that roll off our backs and realize that what we do is important and to not spend too much capital in time and emotions, uh, trying to win over people that for whatever reason, you know, are skeptical of camp. And some of them are skeptical because they are, they had a bad experience. You know, they might have had a bad personal experience in camping, and therefore, because of that one thing, they're not going to give camp the time of day. And, and that does happen, and we know that that happens, and we can, we can work to prevent those things in, in our present ministries, and then again, work to engage the, the enthusiasts and, um, and, our, and win over our accommodators. Jake, I, I could go on dialoguing with you till the end of the week, for heaven's sakes, but we're getting to near the, the time allotted for this podcast. So I'm going to steer us into talking a little bit about your book, Sacred Playgrounds, which you have authored and now have, it's now uh, available for purchase. And I hope that every outdoor ministry leader in the LOM network will get themselves a copy of your book. I think it's going to be uh, right up there with uh, a common book of camping when we think about uh, wisdom that you have shared and we are able to access. But tell us a little bit about your book and how you envision LOM leaders being able to best um, use it. Why should an LOM leader go out and buy it and uh, think that they're going to find it useful? Yeah. Well, first, thanks for the endorsement and to be to be named alongside of something like the Common Book of Camping and the great Jerry Manlov is I I'm not sure is appropriate. That it's not you know it's this is not meant as a replacement of a Common Book of Camping. You know the the wisdom that that Jerry shared there. Um, is so practical, so on the ground, and so specific to Lutheran outdoor ministries that it's just, you know, it, it continues to be indispensable. And I, I reference it several times in, in, in this book. What this is, is it's a tool for our outdoor ministry leaders. Um, it's a tool to think deeply and theologically about camp 
um, and to think about uh, what we refer to as the five fundamentals of the Christian camp experience, um, and also to share those things with others. And so again, when I, when I say that uh, Sacred Playgrounds exists to provide tools for our outdoor ministry leaders, um, this book is meant as a tool. It's meant as a look at camping ministry from a practical theology perspective, from a, from a perspective that is uh, you know, broader in terms of uh, how it fits into the ministry of the church. And so practical theology, the field, is where we have things like Christian education and youth ministry and children's ministry. And so that's where this book fits. And it dialogues with, with a lot of those other thinkers um, and theologians. Um, and it brings camp into the mainstream in that way. And that is the goal of the, of the book, is to provide something for our camp directors to dive deeply into camp, but also for seminary students, for undergraduate students and college professors who want to teach on this subject and say, what is camp all about? What, what is this thing that we call camp and what does it do? And, and so it has a lot of the research and the research findings from these various projects. And it has some theoretical things about what camp is and how it functions. And so my hope is that, yes, our outdoor ministry leaders read this and nod along, you know, and that they're able to get it in the hands of their constituent pastors and youth ministers and uh, other local camp enthusiasts uh, to give them something to, to see camp in a new light. And not just as, you know, the way some people see it as all fun and games, but as something deeply theological, as something deeply impactful, as something deeply important for the life and the ministry of Christ's church. And so that is, that is how I envision the book, at least, is, is as a tool. And so if our outdoor ministry leaders uh, do purchase a copy, I hope that they give it away <laughs> to, uh, to, to clergy members, you know, and, and say, here. And I hope clergy members will recommend it to each other. And I, and I hope that it can, in some small way, um, affect the conversation about camping ministry in a positive way. Jake, we are indeed getting to the end of this podcast. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to make use of your extensive involvement with a lot of our LOM camps, you know, the research that you've been doing, but what's on the horizon for us as Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, in your opinion? What do you think we should be looking at as as looking really promising for our ministries in the next few years? And what do you see as the major obstacles, the hurdles that we need to think about as we go into this emerging from pandemic mode? You know, um, thanks for that question. It's a big one. So many of us and so many of our directors and our program directors and our other full-time staff and our summer staff are exhausted. They're tired. This has been a tough road. This has been a difficult time to, you know, engage donors in new ways to try to find staff for this year, to try to run camp in some semblance in the middle of a pandemic. It has been a challenging time. And a lot of our folks are tired. They're exhausted. I want to reaffirm 
that camping ministry matters and perhaps matters more than ever before. That in a post-pandemic world, we are going to need camping ministries more than we ever have before. And that is in part because of the social isolation that we've seen. And we've heard it from camp directors. I'm sure you have that kids are just, they're having a tougher time connecting with one another. Um, There's more bullying and things like that going on. And it's because they've been isolated. They haven't been around kids as much. And camp can provide that space more than any other place in their lives. It's also as technology becomes more and more ubiquitous and as the pandemic has accelerated that, you know, let's move everything on to Zoom. Let's move everything online. And kids are doing that as well with learning now. They're on their devices more and more and more. And camp is a place that is unplugged. And let's keep it that way because it is so important for these young people to have time away from the technology face-to-face with their peers, face-to-face with these young adult mentors. Camp is in many ways poised to be an incredibly significant force moving forward in the church and in the world. And so I liken it to the, 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 all the images in scripture that um, new life springs forth from death. And this time has been a time of death and despair and frustration and challenge. And so many of us feel burned out. You know, I was just up at Sky, Sky Ranch. I, I, I mentioned this to you before that I went up to Sky Ranch and Sky Ranch last year had this fire, the Cameron Peak fire, one of the largest fires in Colorado history. It burned right up to the edges of camp. It didn't take down the main building, but it took down the high ropes course and the, and the, the amphitheater and some other places on camp. And I was able to get up there and see that some places were still alive, which was just wonderful. I also took a hike out through the burned area, and it was just desolation, blackness, burned trees, charred logs on the ground. And in the midst of these little areas, I'd see flowers blooming, new life springing forth from death. There's actually a variety of tree out there that it doesn't even germinate unless it has the heat from a fire to open up the seed. And so thinking about it this way, that that we believe in a God who brings life from death. We believe in the God of the cross. And so if we're feeling in a place of despair, if we're feeling in a place of, I don't know that I can do this anymore. I don't know if my camp will survive this. I hope we can at least hold on to this faith that new life will spring forth from this and our ministries are ready to germinate in this world and spring forth something new and something beautiful and something amazing that the world desperately needs. Camp matters and camp will continue to matter. And the ministry that we all do, that you all do in LOM matters. Amen to that, brother. It certainly resonates with my own personal perception from being in contact with many of our camp leaders throughout the network. I thank you so much on behalf of the whole outdoor ministry network, not only LOM, but with our 
with our siblings in the other denominations, uh, the ones we connect with mostly in the Outdoor Ministry Connection, I say thank you for your really, really important ministry and for all you do to support and encourage and build enthusiasm for this work we do together. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for the podcast today. Thank you for your service on the LOM board, and we will be looking forward to seeing you around the network. Thanks a lot, Jake. Thanks, Don. Thanks for listening to the only official Lutheran Outdoor Ministry podcast in the entire world. Until next time, check out the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries website or our Facebook page. So long for now from the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries World Headquarters. On behalf of Don Johnson, have a wonderful day.